Does the idea of driving an electric vehicle spark your enthusiasm? A car expert has helpful tips on buying an EV. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the report. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, which focuses on new cars and trucks. He's also the host of the Consumer Guide Car Stuff podcast, and Tom is here to talk about the current state of electric vehicles. Tom, after a decade of slow but steady sales growth, electric vehicles seem to be hitting something of a turning point. Of all cars sold in the U.S. now, what percentage are EVs? Uh, about 6% now. Uh, the total number is about 840,000 units. That's twice roughly what we saw last year. So the curve is definitely becoming a little more exciting. But there's still a long way to go in terms of it becoming a majority of sales. It is, and it's hard to know where we're at because of the supply chain issue. As people may know, the microchip shortage that was brought in by COVID has slowed things down a little bit, and it's hard to know if manufacturers are building exactly what customers want. And obviously, these things skew more expensive right now, so it's a little difficult to know what consumer demand truly is. What do you think the biggest consumer misconception about electric cars is today? Probably that they need an awful lot of range to go an awful lot of distance. We're used to that, right? We're used to a full gas tank taking us 350, 400 miles, and electric car batteries aren't doing that. But if you have a home charging unit, if that's something you can work into your lifestyle, they're very easy to live with. And a home charging unit is something that for someone who owns a single family home may not be a problem. But if you live in an apartment, for example, that might be a bit of a problem. That is exactly right. If you live in a single family home with modern wiring, modern uh, electrical service, you can install a home charging unit for $500, $1,500, depending on your situation. And you're going to save an awful lot of money on energy. That's gas versus electricity. New car prices of all kinds have skyrocketed in the past couple of years, obviously, but recently Tesla and Ford have announced some EV price cuts. How affordable is an electric vehicle now for the average family with the average income, and how does that compare to a conventional internal combustion engine car? Those price cuts are a little strange because the motive behind them isn't yet clear, but affordability is a big issue right now, and the average new car is selling for about $40,000 transaction price, while the average electric car is still about $66,000. So there's a huge gap. But part of that affordability gap comes from the fact that electric vehicles skew towards luxury brands still. And that's going to clear up in the next 18 months, next two years. So we will see electric car prices come down. Our guest on InfoTrack is Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive which focuses on new cars and trucks. Those price cuts I mentioned, this may be a little complicated to explain, but government rebates are tied to only lower-priced EVs now. Is that right? Is it possible to explain that in a few seconds, how that whole strategy works? Yeah, there's a lot that goes on with what was introduced during the the Inflation Reduction Act, but cars have to be under $55,000 to qualify for the rebate, and SUVs need to be under $80,000. And some of what Tesla and Ford did was structured to make that work. There's some question about whether the Ford Mustang Mach-E is a car or a crossover or what it's going to be called. So a lot of these price adjustments were actually, as you noted, in line with those expectations. There are some who've been critical of the long-standing taxpayer subsidies of electric cars. Are we anywhere near the tipping point where these incentives won't be needed and electrics can compete on a level playing field with gas engines? 
We're probably very close to that. And what happened with the Inflation Reduction Act is it sort of moved the incentive away from the consumer and more towards the manufacturer. A lot of these incentives, and we don't know where these are yet because these rules haven't been fully defined yet, are actually aimed at trying to get manufacturers to build batteries and cars here in the United States and to source the materials required for those batteries here in the United States. So less of a consumer incentive now, more of a manufacturer incentive. So if someone is thinking of buying an electric car sometime in the near future, is now the time or should they wait a few months? What do you think? Actually, it might be a good idea to buy it now because the Treasury Department is going to come down with these rules and when they do, they're going to be more restrictive. So right now there is a $7,500 tax incentive out there for American brands only, unfortunately, but those might be halved when the battery requirements are better understood. And any other final words of advice? If you're thinking electric and you do have a home where you can put a level two charger, that's what we call home charging, go ahead and test drive a car. I I think you may decide you like it. And if you're using it as a second car, really you have fewer issues to think about. And Tom, what is your website address? Consumerguide.com. Please check us out. Well, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. That's it for another edition of InfoTrack, a weekly production of Syndication Networks of Chicago. If you'd like to learn more about our guests or topics, or listen to past shows, our web address is infotrackradio.com. Thanks to this week's contributors, Roy Mackey and Gina Tedesco. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitting, inviting you to join us next week for another edition of InfoTrack.